You're listening to the Girls in Work podcast, the show that brings you interviews and advice for career women everywhere. This is Girls in Work. Find us at girlsinwork.com. Take two, action. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Girls in Work podcast. We've got a really exciting episode for you this week, so we hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, if you ever have any questions, quandaries or predicaments, we always love to hear from you. So feel free to get in touch with us at hello at girlsinwork.com or just reach out to us on our socials and we'll get back to you. So then, Soph, (laughs) here we are again. Another week, another intro. (laughs) How did it get here again? (laughs) On a Saturday evening. How's your week been? Do you have any questions, quandaries or predicaments that you'd like to discuss before we kickstart this week's episode? Do you know what I do? I feel like I need to get something off my chest this week that has been playing on my mind a little bit for the last couple of weeks. And I know it's probably, it's very relevant now because we are still in the world of zoom and remote working and working from home i also think it probably is relevant actually as well if you happen to be listening to this in the future and everything is good heavens back to normal one day and it's people thinking that they're entitled to your time and how we have every right to be protective of our time and just because and i i popped this on my twitter the other day just because we're all at home all of the time doesn't mean that people are entitled to all of your time So if you're contracted to work nine till half past five with an hour for lunch, you are entitled to only work nine till half five with an hour for lunch. And I think as we've got kind of got further into Mm -hmm. lockdown and further into this whole situation little things have just started creeping in haven't they and we know that people are working longer at home because there's no commutes which is fine if that's what you want to do but if it gets to the end of the day and you want to shut your laptop down at half past five that is absolutely within your right and I think some people think that we're we're in lockdown we're at home like where else are you going to be other than sat by your laptop at your desk but I just wanted to I guess just reiterate and say that it's so important to make sure that you're looking after your own time Mm -hmm. and that you're taking time for yourself yeah I guess it's just something that's been playing on my mind a little bit and I'm aware that I've heard I've heard stories from other people who are working much longer hours now that we're at home and it just just doesn't sit right with me you know what I mean? Yeah, do you know what, Soph? I think that's such an important point to just highlight again now more than ever because it's very easy to sort of, I think very subtly those meetings have been shifted to later in the day without us even noticing at times. And I do get it in some ways, you know, we are we are at home all the time. Like it's so easy just to pick up your laptop. And I found myself even of an evening, like I'll just be on the laptop and just quickly flick the screen up just to yeah. double check any emails. And I'm like, Emma, you need to stop doing that. But yeah, I think we just have to be like really aware of our own boundaries and making sure I mean, you know, it is absolutely fine if you want to work, then, you know, 100% go for it. But just be aware that you are taking time out to just look after yourself as well. And don't feel like you have to put that time into work. I guess just being aware of that and just ensuring that you're looking after yourself and yeah just taking care of yourself really 100% and I think it's it's easier for some people and I'm I'm gonna stereotype now but it's easier I think for people who are higher up in businesses who generally will be earning more money and therefore probably have slightly bigger homes and therefore are more likely to have a separate dedicated office whereas a lot of Mm -hmm. us we are working in the kitchen or the living room or our bedrooms where there's no there's no separation anymore between work and home and that's what I think 
think I found really difficult is there's no physical Mm -hmm. separation. So I then find it difficult to make that mental separation. Yeah, exactly. And I think all of us are in slightly different situations now. I know we are in lockdown, but our actual situation at home is different. So say, for example, I I work better in the morning, so I wouldn't mind getting up a little bit earlier and, and starting work, but I wouldn't expect my team to do that. But then you've got some people who have to go do the school run in the afternoon yeah. or homeschooling so they will probably be out of contact in at yes. three o'clock but then work a little bit later in the day and that's absolutely fine but just because your boss is emailing you at yeah. after six o'clock doesn't mean you have to reply that's just the time for them to work you just have to find what works for you completely there you go that was my little rant for this <laughs> that's my little rant for the week <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay, so this week on the podcast, we are chatting to Jen, who's the founder of Network, a global women's organisation and movement that builds leadership and confidence with creative networking and my favourite thing ever, dancing. (laughs) Jen actually spent some time before she founded Network working in consulting in HR, leadership development for some pretty big firms over in the US. We had such a, a great conversation with Jen about the importance of networking, but also then the importance of being a leader when you're not the boss. And I think quite a lot of us have have been put in the situation either we're doing it right now or we have in the past where you're asked to lead a project or you kind of naturally take the step up where you're leading a team but you don't necessarily have the title or you haven't quite been promoted yet and so we talk about all these little tips and tricks and Jen's advice for being a leader when you're not the boss so we hope you enjoyed this episode Okay, so Jen, you run a global organisation and a movement called Network, which we're going to get onto in a little minute. But do you want to just give us a little bit of an overview of your career journey before Network? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually came up with a concept of Network at a time in my career. So I was working in consulting. I was working at a global consulting firm. And I just remember at the time, I was so heads down, super excited about getting promoted. I was like, I'm going to rise to the top. I'm going to be one of the few women, female leaders in our organization. And that's where my mind was at the time. And soon I started to realize that that was not happening. (laughs) That was not happening. And I had to do some soul searching and ask myself, well, what's holding me back? Why not? And I, I came to the conclusion, I realized that a lot of what I was doing wrong at the time in my career was I was so focused on being a hard worker and doing a great job at work. And I wasn't spending time doing the things that get people promoted like networking, promoting ourselves at work. I think oftentimes, you know, when we grow up and when we're at school, we're taught that if we get good grades, we're going to get an A. If you work hard, you're going to get promoted. And it's just like black and white. And one of the things I found was that that there's a great area that we're not talking enough about. And that's the, the work that goes on behind the scenes that's not directly related to showing up and working hard every day. And that's building relationships. That's advocating, promoting yourself at work, letting people know, hey, I'm here. This is what I'm doing, sharing your accomplishments. And I saw that that was holding me back. And I wanted to, I I, I thought to myself, well, what can I do to not only get ahead in my career, but also help other women do the same? And when I started attending a networking event, this was at a time in my career, actually, when I also made a big move from the West Coast, from California to Washington, D.C. I didn't have much of a network at a time, so I know that that was also a hindrance. So I got out, started networking, started to attend events, and then I saw uh, another issue is that a lot of events that I attended at the time, they felt very formal and I felt like I had to put on this act and this role when I went there and it was hard to relax and be myself and I thought how many women are not 
not going to these events after work because they're scared or they're nervous. And I'm a pretty outgoing person. So if I'm having a hard time at these events, I can almost imagine like what someone who's more introverted would feel like. So I knew that there was a need right away for a networking experience that was exciting and that people look forward to going to. And that's where the concept of network came to me. I grew up being a dancer. So I just remembered how much confidence dance gave me when I was a kid and how carefree I became. So I wanted to give everyday women that experience and in a way that was relaxing, but also professional and that we can talk about our careers and network with each other and talk about our journey Mm -hmm. up the ladder or creating our own ladders. So that's where the concept came to me. And, you know, over COVID, something crazy happened. A lot of women for the first time, we found ourselves, you know, stuck out of a job, underemployed, just for the first time, not knowing what to do. So it was last year where, you know, we thought, well, what else can we do with this mission of network other than having a networking event that's combined with dance mm-hmm. fitness? You know, a lot of our mission talks about leadership and mm-hmm. building leadership in women through networking. So COVID gave us an opportunity to expand and be able to develop a leadership development program to help women come together and partner and help women develop a network of employers and recruiters and also other women who want to support each other that are struggling a little bit right now, getting off their feet because of the pandemic. So that's how our journey started. It really started as a concept of making networking fun and having a networking and dance fitness mixer. Then we expanded that by having instructors that can host their own events and licensing the idea. And then from there, it transitioned us to want to help women get on their feet after COVID with Network Society, which is our leadership, our global leadership and development career network. So that's a little bit about how, what about us and how we got started. That's amazing. And I think it solves like a really, a really important, not problem, but it is for women and networking is scary and particularly like you say yeah. a lot of the events the form and I was only talking about this actually to one of our previous guests Alicia the other day that a lot of the events as well they're very set up for men it's like you're standing quite a lot of the time which for some women isn't like it's very uncomfortable particularly if you're in heels <laughs> or, like, <laughs> right. or like pregnant women that it's not possible for them to stand for as long as the men can and I just think it's particularly if you're going with not men not knowing many of the people walking into a room like you say it's terrifying if you don't know anybody right. else so I love the idea of bringing it together with the dance fitness oh thank you like I want to come. Hopefully we'll be in the UK soon. Oh, we'll be there. No, it sounds amazing. Do you know what? I've never heard of anything like it before, but I love the the kind of dance element. So could you tell us a bit about what you've been doing, I guess, over the past year with Network and just explaining for those who probably don't know what Network is, a bit more about what you've been doing and and what you're all about? Yeah, good question. Because, you know, over the last year, so much has changed. And, you know, one of the things I'm learning is being so flexible with your vision. You know, to be honest, when I started Network, I didn't have this long-term vision. It was, for me a temporary solution to a problem. Hey, I want to network. I don't want it to be scary. But over the years, especially the last year, it's developed into more than that. You know, when we started... It started as a single event and I held it in my basement at least every other month. My apartment had an empty dance studio, so I used it to host our events and it didn't go beyond that. It was a networking. We invited women to bring their resumes, bring business cards, and then we would network at the beginning of class. And then towards the end of class, we would break off into a dance fitness mixer. So since we launched our first event, 
I did not anticipate so much interest from other dance instructors across the country and then soon internationally. So I decided to, hey, why not create a, a training program so that we can train people online to become certified network instructors and host their own events. So that's how we were able to expand from the single location in Washington, D.C., to offering events all across the U.S. and a few having a few instructors internationally as well. But then COVID hit. <laughs> that little <Yeah. was> thing. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> that, that COVID year. So COVID hit and we were like, okay, people are not going to dance classes. This industry is going to look very different for a while. So it really t- made me pause and ask myself, hey, what's going on in our community? And it was really... Sp- spending time talking, getting feedback from our networkers and asking them, well, what are you guys dealing with? What what do you guys want to see this year? Realizing how many people were struggling professionally and that became the forefront of people's focus. And I think one of the things COVID has taught me is that when you're developing anything, it's important to have that element of flexibility because you never know what's going to come up and impact your industry. And we saw that a lot of our community weren't necessarily all going to events and like, you know, we were home. So, and a big theme was, hey, I'm unemployed. Hey, I'm struggling. Hey, this. So I asked myself, well, how can we build leadership in women if a lot of the women in our communities don't even have the basics? You know, they, you take for granted things like refreshing your resume, putting yourself out there, marketing yourself, especially if you've been someone who's been employed for several years and then now all of a sudden out of the blue, your life is upside down and you're having to get back into the game. So we saw that being a very big theme in our community. So we saw, we're like, hey, you know, what can we do to support our community during that process? Throughout our, our time at Network, one of the things that I saw was partnerships and how important are partnerships and our collaborations. And we saw that we had a lot of employers and brands that were in our network Um, organizations that supported our mission that wanted to help. So, you know, I thought, hey, why not bring all these people together and create a specific community to support women professionally? And that's where the concept of network society came from and having this leadership development and career network to help women with their job search, getting back in the game with interviewing, developing a network of employers, developing a a network of opportunities where they have direct relationships to a job opportunity versus trying to apply a lawn and doing the whole scary task on your own. So these are not things that I envisioned when I started network, but watching how much the world has changed in one year, I needed to make sure that what we were doing was still resonating with our community and literally living up to our mission of building leadership in women. Because at the time, we couldn't build it through our networking events any longer. So we had to find a new way to address that. So that's all the changes we've made in the last year. And it's just crazy. It's not anything that you foresee, but just roll with the punches. That's what I'm learning. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think no matter where you are in your career or whether you like you lead a big team or a small team, you like you say, that ability to be able to pivot at any one moment is so important. And I guess having that mindset as well of, okay, this isn't Mm. necessarily the route we were planning on going down, but this is the route we're now going down so we just have to keep moving and make it work no matter where we end up and I guess as well a year like this has shown the importance of networking like if you have all of a sudden found to like be in a different job or be out of a job or having to look for a different job when you didn't Mm. expect it you kind of realize how important having that network around you is don't you whether that's like a support network or friends or other women who are there with you who have been through something similar or are experiencing something similar or that professional network of okay who can I reach out to who might be able to 
offer a job whose whose business is doing well that I might be able to tap into it's at times like this you realize actually that network and it's scary and it's hard but it's so important absolutely couldn't agree more okay so one of the things we wanted to talk to you about today was the idea of being a leader and specifically being a leader when you're not technically the boss and I think a lot of women whether knowingly or unknowingly find themselves in this position whether it's kind of managing teams people or projects without the title before they're promoted so what advice do you have if and when you're ever put in this situation I love that question because (laughs) the journey to leadership is not always smooth and a lot of us fight for it for so long and give up or feel as though we can't behave and do things leader-like until we get that formal title. But there's so many things that we can do to position our mind and our actions towards being a leader before we even get that title. And one of the things I say is the first step is adopting your mindset and thinking like a leader. And when I say that, Mm -hmm. a lot of it means like showing up differently, you know, carrying yourself as if you're already in that position that you want to be in. So for example, it's like, they don't have to make me a leader for me to start to think and behave like a leader. I can already do those things and get myself ready to become a leader so that by the time I am a leader, then it can come naturally for me. So I'll give you one tip. One of the ways that I started doing that when I started my career is not being a afraid to speak up you know one of the things I see that a lot of times women when we're in meetings we wait for other people to say their opinion or add their input and then we follow up or we piggyback but it's like we're afraid to be the ones to speak so one behavior I would recommend is when you're in meetings as a woman and if you're not yet the leader I know it's scary you want everyone else to drive the conversation and you add your opinion but challenge yourself to be the one that takes that initiative that makes that first statement drive that conversation and ask follow-up questions and not being afraid to have that unpopular opinion in the room. Being a leader almost requires you to challenge traditional sometimes and conventional thinking and challenge a group to think differently about situations. If we can start practicing speaking up and speaking up even when it is not always the best, most popular phrase or thing that you're going to say, speaking up and showing up. Another thing is to position yourself physically as a leader. Like for example, when we're in rooms, I notice that a lot of people tend to fill up the back seats. If you go to conferences or if you go to live speaking events, you notice that the back seats always fill up quickly. I don't know why, but for some reason, and there's like a safety guilty net of being behind the scene exactly no one sees me right so being a leader is being okay with being seen and being heard and making your presence known so another physical step you can take is sit at the front when you're at the front you're you're more likely to be heard people will notice you quicker when you have something to say your words will touch the room more because you're front and center so little lifestyle changes i see helping towards that journey to become a leader. It doesn't necessarily have to be as drastic as people think. It's little steps along the way and looking for leadership opportunities in your day-to-day life. A lot of people are active in churches or they're in clubs or if they're in school, they join organizations. You can find opportunities to lead within these organizations, taking initiative when it comes to projects, driving initiatives, focusing on setting goals for a group. These little behaviors that you do in your regular life, if you're like in a big family and you're trying to plan a family vacation, being the one to 
come up with the ideas and take the lead in booking tickets and organizing just simple tasks like this if we weed them into our lifestyles and that really starts to help us feel like a leader when we're practicing it day to day versus waiting till that day someone makes gives us a formal title as a leader we can be practicing leadership in our day-to-day lives every single day oh my god i love that and now i was just gonna say i I love that last point about the small steps of just taking leadership in other areas of your life it doesn't have to just be a work situation it could just be cooking dinner for everyone one night or booking flights because i think definitely from my experience in terms of leadership a lot of my kind of setbacks fall with confidence so yes i might go into that room and be like i want to act like a leader today but sometimes it's hard to get past that because i sort of doubt myself so i really like the idea of almost taking small steps just in your day-to-day life to kind of build it up so that when you do when you are faced with a real kind of leadership challenge in the workplace you feel more confident to take that step Absolutely. It's like you're training your body and your mind to feel like yeah. a leader before it happens. So by the time it finally happens for you, it's a little bit more natural. It's not this unfamiliar move like what I have to speak up now. I have to sit in the front. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to voice my opinions. <laughs> You've been doing that for a while. Yeah. So by the time you actually get there, it becomes a little more natural. It's a bit like if we go back to the dancing, it's a bit like when you are a dancer and you rehearse something to get it in your muscle memory so that when you get up on stage, you know exactly what you're doing. I've never thought about this before. Now I'm like, this That's is amazing. A perfect analogy. <laughs> Perfect analogy. I love it. Jen's going to use that one now in her training. She's like, <laughs> I am. Thank you, Sophie. No, you can have that one for free. <laughs> um, yeah, do you know what? And it's funny um, you should say that about speaking up in meetings and stuff. And it was only the other day because I found it really difficult at first as well. And I was always that really shy person at the back of a meeting that would be like, I'd have an idea and then I'd be like, oh no, but what if it was a really stupid idea? And it's almost training yourself to be like, so what? Like, so what if it is a stupid idea? What's going to happen? You'd they're just going to be like mm, probably not and move on with a yeah. meeting and um I find it more difficult now with zoom because I find men are tend to talk over each other more and they won't wait until someone else has finished their sentence before they yes. start speaking whereas I as a woman feel like I need to let them finish and then I'll make sure they're finished and then I'll start speaking whereas the men just jump in there straight away and I feel like it's you kind of have to just go for it and you've just got to speak up and my boss said to me the other day he was like I he's my director and he was like I need you as a manager to challenge me like if you're if you do have an idea or I'm saying something you don't quite agree with me he's like I need you to be that challenger to how he thinks because I will think differently because I've had different jobs before I've had different experiences and it's so important to challenge things if you don't agree with them because it does start those wider discussions and you're probably going to come up with like a better idea than if you just kept quiet and it's kind of just bouncing off each other isn't it exactly being comfortable with disagreement and seeing that as normal i feel like women were so anti-confrontational not understanding that that can actually contribute to an amazing outcome people bouncing different ideas off of each other yeah 100 i'm gonna go a little bit off script here (laughs) before we go on to the final question we go um Just from setting up the community and kind of meeting all these incredible women and building network, I'm just really interested to find out what are the key things you've learned. So whether that's either about yourself or just from setting up the movement, are there any sort of key things that have stood out for you? Oh, that's a great question. Sorry, putting you on the spot. That's that's okay. It's okay (laughs) to leave the script sometimes. Um, A lot of things, to be honest with you, like I would say when you start your own movement, it's a learning lesson like no other 
other. All of a sudden, you're now using parts of your brain, you're using skills that you never had to use before. And that just never came up in my life. But I would say one of the main things I've found by building this movement is how important it is to focus on your strengths, you know, and when I say that, you know, I think about how it's so easy, like to nitpick yourself as a woman and think about everything that you've done wrong. But I find that by thinking about the things that I do well and focusing on them, they help to build so much confidence that you're not focusing any longer on the areas that you're weak in. And by knowing your strengths, it really helps to position yourself in a way that you always see your value going into conversations and see your values going into any type of relationships. And it's almost like ask yourself this, well, how can I inspire a movement and connect women and help women to feel their most confident self if I don't? So it's it challenges me almost to live up to what I'm trying to inspire to other people. And that's confidence. And one of the things I found that gives the most confidence as women is to focus on things that we're good at, identifying those strengths, thinking about the things that I'm being complimented on. When you're at work, one of the things that I found throughout my career is that we have, you know how you have your annual performance reviews, you have your mid-year reviews, and you're focused on all the things you're told that you're not good at. Well, I wasn't promoted because of this. I didn't do well in this. And so you're hung up on it. You're so obsessed to it, how you can be better. But in reality, I found that by paying attention to the things that I'm doing right in network, it helps me to team with the things that I'm not as strong at. Yeah. That's where your community comes in, bringing in a team of people that can support your mission and support you with your dreams because we're not going to be good at everything. And I feel like sometimes there's so much pressure to be, but by really focusing on my strengths, I feel like that was the biggest lesson that I've learned. It gave me more confidence. It helped me know where to outsource and where to team with other people. And it helped me to be a better leader. Jen, can we talk to you every week? Because this is amazing. <laughs> Not even for the podcast. Can we just have a chat? <laughs> you know what? I, I wish that there was three of you so that I could be connecting with everybody. You know, I could do this all day. I truly love, you know, when you're home all day by yourself and then boom. I love it. Friendly faces. I love it. It's funny. I was just saying to Emma actually, because obviously there was a time difference. It's 8 p.m. here. And I was like, oh, like I'm feeling a bit tired today. And then we knew this was going to happen. But every time we come on these calls, and we have chats with women I'm just like right I'm ready to take on the world now this is amazing (laughs) I love it that means you picked the right guest (laughs) we definitely did (laughs) thank you thank you I appreciate that okay so if you had any advice for your younger self what would it be I like this question I have a lot but the first advice I would give my first my younger self is to chill (laughs) (laughs) Just chill out and be flexible and open to redirection. When we're younger, I feel like there's so much pressure to have everything figured out. You're in school, you know, if you're getting ready to graduate, your counselors will say, what do you want to do? What's your plan? And there's all this pressure to have everything lined up. But one of the things that I found throughout my entire journey, both network and outside of network, is that oftentimes things that you perceive as a closed door it's not really a closed door and it's just a way to redirect you towards something that is better aligned for you and i'll give you an example Uh, earlier i told you about how i spent years trying to climb up in consulting and putting my head down and focus on getting promoted and when that didn't happen i at the time i thought it was the end of the world but i saw that by not getting promoted it forced me to be creative and ask myself "Hmm, well why is that 
what's going on? Taking a look at the leadership, the C-suite and the companies that I work for and noticing hmm, there's not a lot of women there and asking myself, well, well, why is that? And doing some digging and, and that slowly led me to network. But I asked myself, had everything worked out exactly as I planned, would I be here? Would I be on this podcast today? So by being flexible and adaptable when we're coming up with our plans, it allows for us to naturally evolve and develop and be open to opportunities that may have not been so obvious when we started because we can only see so much when we're making our own plans. And I feel like my younger self was so obsessed with having all the answers and knowing everything and I needed to get all the details down until I can make any decision about anything. But me now is recognizing how valuable the redirections that I've had throughout my career really are and how many learning opportunities that I've had along the way. And it's really helped me to see the value in making mistakes, not having all the answers, going with the flow. And sometimes I just don't think our society really promotes that it's okay to like not having everything figured out. We're always watching people in this day and age. We think everyone has it figured out, but sometimes some things will just come and surprise you and a lot of those closed doors are just going to be the final push that you need to get on the right track absolutely and I think we can both probably relate to that both Em and I and I think back when you tell that story about my career in accountancy and I thought when I left school I was like okay I'm gonna take this job I'm gonna qualify as an accountant I'm gonna be like in this career for the rest of my life I'm gonna get married have kids all that kind of stuff that you think you're gonna do when you're like in school and here we are I'm not doing accountancy I'm not doing anything like that but when I chose made the decision to leave because I knew that was best for me and it was really affecting my life and my mental health negatively I was like oh shit like now what do I do like I generally thought I'd failed because in my head I was like well to be successful I need to have this job like employed by this like corporate business and like you like get promoted and rise up the ranks and then when I started to realize that that might not be what I wanted anymore I was like oh my god what do I do now and it does but it does it it makes you really think about and really reflect on actually what do I want and that door that closed on my accountancy career opened me up to the world of radio and now girls in work and like you like I probably wouldn't be sat here either if I was still in that job because I'd have followed that corporate ladder I completely agree and I think we just need to learn how to define our own success sometimes it's like our definitions of success are handed to us very early this is what it means to be successful Mm -hmm. so if you're not doing this you're a failure and I feel like like you've said I could relate Mm -hmm. feeling like well I'm not at this level yet and I've been at this job for this many years what what does that say about me when in reality success in my life was different and success in your life is different. Yeah, 100%. And I, one of my absolute best friends, she's married, she's got a house and she's got two gorgeous little children and that's success for her. Whereas for me, I'm still in a flat on my own, like not quite sure where I want to go and thinking of like doing more travel, she says, when COVID goes away. And, but that travel to me would be what would be my version of success. And like, obviously we're both, we're both the same age. We both kind of came from the same place, but we both have very different visions of what success was to us. And we're both so happy and surely that that's the only thing that matters if you're happy with your version yeah okay so and I feel like I know what the answer to this is but if you could do any job in the world what would it be what do you think the answer is <laughs> I'm I, I feel like you're gonna say that it's what you do now I completely agree. I I feel like, you know, I could not 
if I could do what I'm doing mm-hmm. and duplicate it and be able to touch more and more women, then for me, that is exactly where I could see myself is being able to do this on a larger scale and continue. And we're fairly new. So it's exciting to watch it grow. But when you're just starting something, all you dream about is the final state. So my dream job would be being patient as I'm getting to where I vision myself. And that's continuing to inspire women with confidence, becoming leaders, feeling good about themselves, because we all go through these challenges. And for me, just being able to connect and impact one woman, that's, that's, I, I feel like I've done my work. Here. I have no doubt that you're going to get to where you want, want to go and where you want to be. I can already see you getting there. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So just to summarise some of the amazing points we've covered today. So to start with, we had some incredible advice on leadership and how to be a more confident leader. Now, the first step we spoke about was to adopt your mindset and begin to think like a leader and carry yourself as if you're already in that position. We've all heard of the saying, fake it till you make it. (laughs) And then also not being afraid to speak up. So challenge yourself to drive that conversation and don't be afraid of having the unpopular opinion in the room. Also begin to position yourself as a leader so if you're in a a meeting or you're in a a conference sit at the front and kind of make your presence known and then I really like this idea of taking small steps so taking leadership in other areas of your life through simple tasks or practicing it day to day that way you it starts to feel more natural so keep practicing speaking up and showing up we also spoke about building confidence and the importance of focusing on your strengths to do that so by thinking about the things you do well it builds your confidence and strengths and helps you to overcome those weaknesses from then you will start to see your value going into conversations and relationships and remember that we're not going to be good at everything but by focusing on our strengths helps to better understand where you need to outsource and potentially build a team and that can help you be a better leader and then we also spoke about not being afraid of setbacks in life so don't feel like you have to have all of the answers and don't be afraid of those redirections so see the value of making mistakes and not having answers and just going with the flow it's okay not to have everything figured out and sometimes the closed doors are exactly what you need to stay on track and then finally i really love this point about learning how to define your own success so that's not based on other people focus on what success is in your own life wow that was really good (laughs) hopefully that summarizes it all (laughs) nice job Thank you so much for your time, Jen. It's Thank been you, Jen. so lovely to chat with you. Just before uh, we finish with the recording, do you want to just let everyone know where they can find Network or any more information about what you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go to our website, which is networkmovement.com. And Network is spelled N-E-T-W-E-R-K. We also have a private Facebook group. And it's if you search Network Movement on Facebook, you can join our community and we share career opportunities, job opportunities in that group. And it's really about creating that community for women. And we are not launching Network Society. So if you're someone that's looking for a, a intimate career development experience and leadership and trying to connect with a global team of women and employers, then definitely you're welcome to join us. So yeah. That was amazing. Thanks, Jen. So that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe button now so that you never miss a show. If you have any career-based questions, quandaries or predicaments that you'd like us to answer, you can drop us an email at hello at girlsinwork.com. So we'll see you next time for another episode of the Girls in Work podcast.